party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Dominique Dickey for a playthrough of their game, Plant Girl Game. Plant Girl Game is a cozy tabletop RPG about a family of plant children working together to prevent an ecological disaster. Together, players create their mother, the plant girl, in the title, as well as the community they live in and the ecological disaster that puts that community in danger. Then they work together to help to solve it. It is... Y'all, I loved playing this game. This game was absolutely lovely. I had such a good experience. It, it put the biggest smile on my face. I really think you're going to enjoy listening to it. Plant Girl Game is currently crowdfunding on GameFound. You can find a link to that in the show notes. I really hope that you back the game and make it a reality because it's really fun and special and good and I think you're really going to love it. Again, you can find a link to Plant Girl Game on GameFound in the show notes. And with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am so, so excited to be sitting down with Dominique Dickey. Dominique, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super happy to be here. I could not be more excited. I've been reading the game that we're playing today, and I am I am so excited. This is extremely up my alley. And speaking of, why don't you take a moment to let our lovely listeners at home know about what we are playing this week, as well as anything else you've got going on that you might want them to know about? Yeah, heck yeah. So Plant Girl Game is a cozy, friendly RPG about a family of plant children working to thwart an ecological disaster in their small town. You do not have to be a girl to play or play as a girl. The real plant girl in the title is your mother, who is a witch who grows plant children in her garden, which is where you all came from. And the game is currently crowdfunding on GameFound. Uh, link in the show notes, because I don't know how to say it verbally. <laughs> that is uh, that is that is my go-to phrase, and I'm glad that you've I'm glad that you dropped it. Yeah, link in the show notes. Link will also be uh, pinned on my Twitter uh, if that's easier. I'm Dom S Dickey over there. I don't know why that would be easier if you're watching the pod or listening to the pod, rather. You you have access to the show notes, but... You know, it's important to give multiple options. Yeah. So, um, I like I said, I have reading through the game has put a big giant smile on my face already, and I could not be more excited. So why don't we go ahead and kick things off? Talk us through uh, how we are starting play. I believe we are building a family and a community before we put that community in danger. Yes. So the game begins with some questions to build your family. Um, so you start by collaboratively creating your mother, who is an NPC, um, who, you know, how much she appears on screen in the course of gameplay is kind of up to player consensus and, and um, the relative ages of your characters as well. But she's always someone that you can fall back on or call on in an emergency. Um, so first you begin by building your mom, who is fundamentally a good mom with her kids' best interests at heart. And then you build your home, which um, is fundamentally a cozy and welcoming home. And that is a place that you can always return to during gameplay if things get kind of overwhelming or the stakes get uncomfortably high. Um, and then you build your town, which is fundamentally a collapsing town on the verge of ecological disaster. And there are... Um, questions where you can determine like how large is your town how closely knit is your town just to get a feel for the environment um as well as what ecological disaster threatens your town and then once you've completed all of those questions which there's a list of questions for each section you go around your game table and do them as a group once you've finished all of those questions you move on to creating your characters 
And I guess I'll talk through that more when we get to that bit. Yeah, let's 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 go through. So we're going to answer the questions around making our mother and then we'll kind of work through it. Um, okay. It is recommended that we uh, we answer a question, then read the next question out loud. Would you like to answer the first question or should I? Uh, I can do the first question. Go for it. Okay. Uh, what is her name? Uh, our mom's name is Daisy. Daisy. And what does she look like? I get the the vision that popped immediately into my head that I kind of want to chase a little bit. Dust covered, dust, like, I get, I, I picture big goggles that, like, currently have ash or dust on them and, like, a big ring around where those goggles rested on her face <laughs> that is not covered in dust and ash. Oh, I love that. And, like, overalls and big... The, the the kind of cartoon big gloves that, like, don't look like they would actually be able to grip anything because they look like they would have so much space next to the fingers, but they yes. move they move with a grace and elegance that, like, is astounding. I – this is reminding me of a character from the She-Ra reboot. I'm trying to remember the character's name. And I'm not going to be able to, partly because I watched the series in Spanish and I don't know the character names in English. Um, so we'll come back to that. All right. <laughs> um, what is one thing that she does that makes us all feel loved? Um, I think that she's very good at giving advice and meeting us where we're at. Um, I think she has this kind of sixth sense for if you are thinking of coming to her with a problem, even if you haven't approached her with that problem yet, she knows that you've got something on your mind and can kind of, without being overbearing, say, you know, if you want to come talk about it, or if you want to go for a walk with me, or if you want to help me cook dinner, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm around. I, I think, think that the, I think the other half of that is uh, I envision that she's got, like, visual aids that, like, there's an uncanny ability to have a visual aid that represents whatever point or advice that she's going to make. And, like, it tie it connects really nicely to that sense of, like, I think we're going to have to talk about this. And you're like, how did you already have props ready? <laughs> I love that. Where she's, like, doing an analogy with, like, tools around her. I... I just think, I think, but I think that she's not overbearing with it. Yeah. Like, she waits for you to come to her, but she knows when to make herself available. What's the best advice she's ever given you and your siblings? So, us. The best advice she's ever given us, the best advice she's ever given us is, uh, the work never stops, but that doesn't mean you can stop the work. And it is, it is, like, it, it has instilled in, like, it is a sense of, like, she is always, you know, working on something, a project, something, something to, like, help the people around her. And, you know, the, like, it is that understand that understandable knowledge, like, it, it grounding element, right? It's that sense of, like, of, like, don't think of any of this as easy, but that's still, but it's still important to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, like, she... She can appreciate that it's not always easy to be in a position to help people or to be in a position to, like, make the world better. But it's still absolutely worth doing. Yeah. And so, um, what do you wish that she understood better about us? Um, hmm. This question, whenever, I'm, whenever I play this game, this question stumps me, which I think means it's a good question, actually. It does. It does. I, think I, I like it a lot. It's, it's worth leaning into. Um, I wish that she better understood that 
we may not necessarily share her interests. Mm. I think that she's very drilled down into, um, like, her job and her hobbies. And she gets very excited about these things and very much wants to share them. And I know I said that she's not overbearing about giving advice or stepping in when we have a problem. But I do think that she can be a bit overbearing with wanting us to love the things that she loves as much as she does. And I think that's a way of, of her expressing her love for us and her love of, of her career and her hobbies and the things that she does with her time. But I also wish that, that she would accept that, um, that we may not be as into whatever it is that she's into right now. I love that. I really love that. That's a great answer. Thank you. Uh, what's something we've kept from her as a group and why? I think that there's a project that we have worked on in secret. There is like a thing that like a pro- like something that we have done collectively, like all of us, all of our siblings have like been working on in secret. And it's just like a private little thing that we have all like that we all share together. Yeah. Like something that something that we've worked on and it's it's a little it's like it's an art game for lack of a better way to put it like like whatever this like working on this project is a form of play and it is play that like passes between the various members of the family and it is uh literal metaphorically but not literally like it is the spirit of like passing someone a note and having them write the next line of a story. I don't know what that project is, but it's something that is like handed to the next person in line they put a piece of themselves on it like they they put their imprint on it and hand it and it kind of like circles back around us and it's just this thing that like we share collectively that is so precious i think though just the word that i have that is that's precious what is something that she's done that frustrates us whenever we have time i because you mentioned her wearing big goggles and having ash and stuff on her, my immediate association is that she does something in, like, chemistry okay. professionally. All right. Yep. Um, one thing that she does that frustrates us is that because she is so proud of her job and is really tapped into the community there, she um, – whenever we have downtime from school, tries to get us to, like, tag along to work with her and, like, help mm. out. And I I think I, at least, would be the kind of character where if I have downtime from school, I want to sleep or read a book or play video games. I do not want to go to work with my mom, no matter how much I love her. I like that. I really like that. What is another thing that she does that frustrates you? And this this connects nicely back to the the project thinking about like thinking about the project pulling on that thread. I think that she is the kind of parent that tries to get in on jokes. <laughs> yeah. Like I think like if she finds out that like there's a joke spreading among us, she will start to say that joke and like it just doesn't quite hit the same way. Yeah. Like, it just isn't quite as funny. Like, it's that kind of like, all right, I see that you're trying, but like, you're, 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 you're not quite like, you're, you know, the notes, but not why you're playing them. And I think that yeah. there's that sense of like, of like, she wants to be in on the game, whatever the game is. And it's like, sometimes it's not, sometimes you're not going to be able to play it. 
I think that tracks with why we've kept our like project secret from her too. Cause I think that her being in on it and maybe having like not only the generation gap, but also like a gap in senses of humor or a gap mm-hmm. in like what we value. I think her being in on it would not like ruin it, but would change what yeah. we fundamentally love about it so much. Yeah. I like that a lot. Now, what is one thing she's excellent at? Cooking. I, cook. she is a fantastic cook. Um, I think she especially just makes like really good potatoes. Like mm. we eat a lot of potatoes in our house because she's always thinking of something cool to do with the potato. What is another thing that she excels at? Uh, I'm going to chase the thing that popped immediately into my head reading this question. And that is, uh, she is very good arguing her case. Like, and we see this a lot when we are like out and about in the town, like, if somebody, if some, like, if she is, if she is, if she gets her mind set on something, she is very good at, it's that same sense of, like, knowing when to make herself available. It's that, like, is that, is this, is this going to be something that I'm going to, is this going to be something that it's going to be helpful to be, like, warm and open? Or is this something that's going to be helpful for me to roll up my sleeves and, like, put someone down a peg? Yeah. She is very good at like making her case and like making her making her goals known and figuring out how to get that thing. She's very good at getting stuff. I love that. I feel like she'd be really fun to go to like a slot meet or a farmer's market with too. She spends so much time like uh I think that I think that you would th- like she's the kind of fun where you might you would think that it's fun to go to a farmer's market with her. <laughs> but then, like, on your second hour there, when you're like, we have been to two stalls. <laughs> and she's, like, haggling over, like, candle prices and, yeah. like, fresh arugula or whatever. Yeah, and you're like, we have a lot. This is, it. like, it's one of those things where, like, it's going to be fun the next day. But, like, in that moment, you've, you've spent your entire day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. Uh, which brings us to our home, which is fundamentally a cozy and welcoming home. Uh, which room do you as a family spend the most time in? I think we have, so I think we have like a big, like downstairs living room that's got like plenty of furniture and like probably like a decently sized TV and like a radio or whatever. I think we don't use that room. I mm. think we as a family have a kind of like, It's either in the basement or upstairs. We have, like, a smaller, like, auxiliary lounge-type room that is a little bit too small for everyone to comfortably chill Mm -hmm. in, but we always end up there anyway, and no one complains about it. I love that. I love that. Um, What does that room look like? Um, That room looks... So part of the reason that we all started, like, gathering in this room was, like, that room was... Uh, was that room was our mother's, uh, like, playroom or chill room. So there's, like, a pinball machine in there. It's, like, (laughs) I picture it in the basement and, like, and there's just a lot of, like, weird kitschy stuff down there. There are, there are some, there are some gadgets, but there are also, like, just, like, cardboard cutouts and, you know, like, uh, like an inflatable, like an inflatable flamingo and, like, like if she finds something fun, like at the like this is this is where her flea market stuff goes. Okay. Like if she finds something at the flea market, like it's down there, and like so it's this it's this ah uh, like it's it's very 
cool and weird and fun, but that also contributes to that sense that it is a little bit cramped. And, like, sometimes sometimes we have to have the family meeting of, like, we got to go through some of this stuff. <laughs> some of this stuff is not staying in here. Yeah. So what does the room smell and sound like? In terms of sounds, you mentioned the pinball machine. So there's definitely, like, the rattling pinball machine sounds, which I, which I love. I kind of want there to also be, like, a, a small air hockey table. Or like Love it. this room cannot fit an air hockey table. No, but not even here. a little bit. Not <laughs> like even a little bit. There's not adequate room to maneuver and like really get into the air hockey, but we try. So there's like I think it's this is in the basement. I think from up the stairs you can hear the like clattering of like people aggressively trying to play air hockey. Um in terms of smells, I think Hmm. This comes down to how many siblings we have other than the two of us also. Because I think that someone, not pointing fingers or naming names, but someone who might be on the younger side was eating dinner down here and may have left a dirty plate Mm. and no one noticed for a while and it got kind of grody. And now our mom has lit one of her massive flea market column candles to try and drive the smell out because there are no real, like, windows to air it out because it's in the basement. Yep. So there's, like, kind of that, like, grody, like, smell of, like, someone left a plate down here for a couple days, but also, like, aggressive, like, floral on top of it. Yeah, I, I I unfortunately can pinpoint that exact combination of smells. Like, How many bedrooms does the house have? Which I think this one also hits on if we want to have NPC siblings and how many NPC siblings we want to have. I think we have a few, not like a, not a, not a ton. I don't think there are dozens of us, but I do think there are probably like two or three, like two or three siblings that we have. Okay. Like a decent clip. And I think that there are, there are, each of us has our own bedroom, but they are all very small bedrooms because what I envision is like, sort of like large upstairs, like, just like large, like general purpose rooms that have been sort of like serviced with, um, like fake wall or like false walls. Like false walls have been implanted in these like three large like master bedroom sized bed or like two large master bedroom sized bedrooms have been converted into like five individual like (laughs) half bedrooms. Yes. And like so we all have our own space, but we might not have much of our own space. Yeah. Uh, So how many bathrooms do we have? I think there's a like a, a small one in the basement. Um, off of the like sitting room, lounge room situation. There's also one on the ground floor that might be a full bath. And then I want to say upstairs, there's one or two. Okay. So four total. All right. That feels like a, that feels like an, that feels like a pretty reasonable number for the size of the family. Yeah. I can live with that. Um, what is a routine or tradition that takes place in the house? I think that we're a big yard sale family. Ooh, yeah. Like, I think we end up with all this cool, weird stuff. And, like, part of, like, the reason and, like, like it, it, it becomes a little bit of, like, a, a cycle of, like, the, the basement is starting to get full. We got to get rid of some stuff. Let's – I say yard sale, but it's as much a it's as much a block party as it is anything. 
I love that. Like, like we put out the stuff for sale. We put out tables. We've got music playing. Like it is, and you know, I think that I think mom starts like carving up potatoes. Like it is a, it is a, it is a a a, a social event that if we if we get rid of if we either sell some things or at the end of the day just like hand some stuff to some neighbors like even better but like it is the the social event that is the first like that is the important thing and that flows so nicely into the next set of questions which are about our town because then we get to figure out who all's coming to these block parties slash yard sales yeah so what's the town called that's a long silence you're gonna want to cut let's say edgewood <laughs> Ed- edgewood i like that i like that a lot uh how big is the town uh, small suburb is how I would describe the size of it. So, like, that it is, it is, it is large enough where you might not know every person in town, but, like, small enough that if you don't know their name, you could probably at least, like, you would recognize them from being from Edgewood if they, if you ran into them elsewhere. Okay. How tightly knit is the community? I think, um, I think there's, like separate residential subdivisions and Mm. then the kind of like main town street and everyone knows um or i guess most people know most of the business owners in like the main like downtown area because it's a lot of small businesses um and that's probably where like the flea market and the farmer's market would happen in that area and i think that people tend to know people within their residential neighborhoods so like i think we know everyone um on our block pretty well yeah but i might not know you know the kids who live like six blocks west of us sure that makes sense i like that i really like that what's our favorite place in town to spend time as a family i think like on main street uh there is like a statue garden on main street that has has like some rotating some rotating art pieces that are uh the nicest way to put them is very weird <laughs> like a lot of like experimental art stuff and it's just like a cool place to like walk around like there's occasionally like a sculpture piece that you can kind of climb on a little bit like a jungle gym like it's just and it's kind of just like a cool secluded little hangout spot like there's a water there's a water fountain that you or there's a like a like a fountain you could go sit by there's a wishing well. Like, it's just this cool little, like, out-of-the-way spot. Uh, what's the town known for? Well, now I want to say it's known for being kind of, like, a a breeding ground or a hub of this kind of, like, weird sculptural art movement where it is not coincidental that a lot of, like, people doing very strange 3D mixed-media pieces have come out of this particular area. That's and I good. think we like I because you mentioned there's this this public sculpture garden or a statue garden, the like town government, I guess, would like fund that. So we have like structures in place that support art and the development of new art. And people kind of start off making like just really wacky sculptural stuff here. And it might start off, like, in the the Main Street Garden, and then from there, like, get picked up by a big city museum. That's good. I really love that. Thank you. Uh, what is a notable landmark? 
So, um, related to that, really building off of that, um, I think there is, like, a piece, and I think, like, it's a little bit of a tradition if you, like, if you come here as part of these art grants, if you come here to, like, study this sort of, like, sculpture art, there is this piece that is sort of the centerpiece of town, and it's called the Cacophony. And it's called that because, like, the tradition is that you build like build a small thing like a small representation of like whatever your your artistic like statement is at this moment in your life and you you find a spot and you add it to the cacophony so it is this like expanding statue that has all of these weird different touches to it that like if you that like if you take a picture in front of it one year if you go to take a picture of it in front of the next year like it might look a little different and it's just this that. like strange collective like art piece that is like a local tradition that that if you're here and you're practicing art, you add something to it when it's your time to leave. Oh, I love that so much. So what's our school called? Um, I don't think that it's a big enough town to have multiple secondary schools. So I think the secondary school is just like Edgewood Academy, and that's kind of uh Maybe like seventh through twelfth grade or sixth through twelfth grade. I think there might be more than one like elementary though. Um, what is our school's mascot? Oh, I'm so happy that I got this question. This is this is this is the highlight of my entire day. <laughs> um, our mascot it's the Edgewood uh, Wood Weevils, <laughs> and it's like it's a it's a it's a what it is is it's a weevil so it's a little bug but it's in like a hunter's outfit with a little elmer fudd hat oh my god and it like has the like the brown the like the brown hunter's coat like it's 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 a weevil that is dressed like elmer fudd and it comes out and it does like it comes out like uh it care it is the um it is very specifically the uh, the baton uh, the baton lead for the marching band, and it will come out and it will carry its baton like a hunting rifle, like like, like I'm stalking I'm stalking the other team's mascot, and it does a lot of that. And before it goes and leads the marching band at halftime, I have a very very clear mental image of some like poor eighth grader in the full <laughs> mascot suit, like with like the the big like head and everything. Yeah just running around on like a football field <laughs> it fills my entire heart mascots are one of my favorite things and I, I care about them very deeply um what industry is our town most involved in so because we've established that our mom works in chemistry i kind of am tempted to say pharmaceutical manufacturing that I I really like that answer because that's going to bleed very nicely into our. That's going to bleed into the ecological disaster questions, which yeah. are coming. There's a lot of there's a lot of fertile ground there. We are about to get into the problems in the yeah. town. <laughs> How is our town faring economically? Well, with an asterisk is how okay. I would describe it. Like. The town's economy is strong. Like every people, most a lot of people, like most of the town is, has job. You know, jobs are secure. Uh, like nobody, like there's very little want. But it's with the it is with the the shadow that like we're one. We are like the size of our community implies that like we're a one company town, right? Like it, especially like thinking about like pharmaceuticals. Like we're a town that has. 
a pharmaceutical plant. And, like, you know, so we're doing great, but, like, it's going to take one... It's going to take one decision by one executive to make that, to change that answer very, very quickly. Yeah, I think, um, especially if that company were to get bought out or relocate, that would put a lot of people in our town out of work. Exactly. Exactly. So how common is magic outside of our mother's plant powers? Um, I think our mother is the only explicitly magical person. But I'm going to put an asterisk on that. I think that people who live in Edgewood tend to be very lucky in small ways. Mm. So it could be like you always turn the channel on the TV right as the commercial break is ending or like you always catch every green light on the way to work. So maybe there's like something in the air or something in the water that is spreading just beyond our home. Our mother is the only explicitly magical person and her garden where she grows us is the only explicitly magical place. And it's kind of a secret. I love that. I really, really love that. What level of technology do we have access to? I think fairly, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put it somewhere around. I'm going to put us somewhere around uh, like 2006. That's what I was thinking. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Like not like not like modern ish, but not. But if we have a cell phone, it's this big chunky brick of a thing. Yeah. Ooh. Can I have like a Nokia? <laughs> oh, abs- absolutely. I think that like we've got like sliding bl- uh, the slide like the the slider phones is yes. I think I think like the new hotness. Oh man, begging mom for a new slide phone when she gets a bonus at work. <laughs> Ah, uh, you, you're not going to have to type numbers to send text messages. <laughs> I want a phone with the QWERTY keyboard, mom. It's going to be life changing. <laughs> okay, so what kind of ecological disaster is the town heading towards? I very strongly welcome your input on this, especially mm-hmm. um, because of like the two sidebars in the text. Yep. Um, I feel like this should be more of a consensus thing. I think so. I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. So I'm trying to think what can we, what's like bite-sized that we can get through in a a couple of short scenes, but also what plays on what we have already, um, what the world we've already established. So I'm thinking some kind of um, weather emergency, Mm -hmm. like a tornado or a freak thunderstorm. Could be fun to play with, I think, because if there is any kind of sustained power outage, that could jeopardize, like, goods that are being produced at the pharmaceutical plant. I I really like that. I think that's good. I think that the other thread I really wanted to pull on that I think, like, I think that answer feels really nice uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to color things too much, but, uh, if there's a giant looming pharmaceutical plant, they're up to something and it's fucky. Okay. Um, but, and, but I think that, like, what I really like about it being, like, a, a disaster, like a thunderstorm or a tornado or something is, what it does is it doesn't necessarily give us an easy 
out for the pharmaceutical company. Like, it's not like right. they're dumping, they're not dumping public waste in the pond. And therefore, like, it'd be very easy to, like, point the finger at that. But it does really, like, amplify the the sort of menacing, the sort of menacing sinister aspects that we've sort of ascribed to that organization. Like, if there's a big enough power outage and, like, production is stalled out to a certain degree, or if the plant is damaged, it would make it very, like, I, I think to playing up the idea that, like, it would be, it would be very easy for them to make the decision to cut and run. Yeah. Like, that feels, that feels like a good ominous decision. And that feels, that feels, that feels suitably sus, uh, suspect, like, that feels suitably suspicious to me. I also want to think about, and I know this gets into the next question, which is your territory, so stop me if I'm going too far. But I do want to think about how the, like, carelessness mm-hmm. at the top level of the pharmaceutical company might jeopardize not only jobs in Edgewood, but also, like, the well-being of their end user. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're making life-saving drugs for a population with a rare disease that is underserved, but they don't have backup generators, mm. then that means that whoever is in charge of safety at this plant has overlooked a huge possibility for cascading failure. Yeah, I really love that. I think that that I really, really love. And I think that the other – I think that the other uh, – so the question is, is what human-driven factors have made the disaster worse? And I really love that. I love that I, – I love that there is that, – that yeah, if, if, this go, if this plant goes down, not only are they going to consider cutting and running, but they're going to do so with like – they're going to like take the hit and just not deliver this life-saving medicine for a while. Right. And the other thing is if this town if this town if this if this really is like a one industry town, I think that like I think that there are there are a fair amount of safeguards that like the pharmaceutical company has lobbied for to protect the plant. And like a fair amount of the town's like budget around disaster preparedness has gone to like the one square block of where this plant is. So yeah. like like the road repair budget is most prominent on the the streets like the streets that connect the plant to the highway. And like the like the fire station is placed like a block away and is placed a block away despite the fact that the plant is not near the center of town and the fire department is like in a place where there are sections of the town that are just not easily accept, not easily access, like accessible to like fire support and to right. to medical support, like because a lot of the investment of this town was built to support this one structure. It really like in the event of a disaster, it really like showcases like, hey, this town is exactly large enough where there's going to be a section of the community that is really put in danger if you're not like in the in the rate like in the vicinity of this building yes i wonder if that means that if there is a big enough storm and we have enough advanced warning for people to like go to a designated place for shelter the that location or the selection of that location is influenced by proximity to the pharmaceutical plant oh i bet it is i bet it 100 percent is that feels that feels that feels exactly right. Yeah. And th- this also kind of gets to the next question which is which individuals or organizations bear responsibility. I think we need to name the pharmaceutical company. Yeah. 
And I think, um, so my first thought was just Edgewood Pharma. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm open to getting spicy though, but I, I'm thinking Edgewood Pharma. And I think the CEO does not live in Edgewood, but lives in the nearest like metropolitan center because we're sure. kind of yeah. like a suburb outside of a major city. Um, and his name is Jim Keenan. Um, and how does this disaster threaten our family specifically? Um, this threatens our family because I think, I think that, so, so what I, uh, the really juicy thread that you dropped that I really want to like, I think tie in here really nicely is if mom's garden is the only place that really has this kind of like tangible, like palpable sense of magic. I think we are exactly outside of the, outside of like the, the radius of where the where the space is protected so like our garden is like particularly in the risk zone like is in the risk zone for being hit with the worst of this thunderstorm or tornado or what have you yeah and if it goes up then we've lost you know the place of magic in the community so how does how does the disaster threaten the community well there's our direct town which means that um if, you know, there is damage done to Edgewood Pharma or a large amount of, like, production time lost at Edgewood Pharma, even though they haven't really taken precautions to mitigate that risk, if that were to happen, it would kind of tempt the company to cut their losses and reopen somewhere else, which would mm-hmm. put the majority of working adults in this town out of work. And I don't mean the majority as in greater than 50%, but majority is like the largest single segment, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it might be like 30%, but like- Yeah, it, it could be an ev- a yeah. good third, like a third of the, a third of the, a third of the working population is like Im- immediately out of work day one. Yes. And those are people that are working in like drug development and manufacturing, but also like security, custodial work, like all of the other- types of labor that go into making this operation possible, all mm-hmm. of those people would would be out of work because our town was was built to support this plant or was developed to support this plant. And then the the kind of secondary effects that I'm really curious about too, and that I'm not sure a lot of people in the town would even know about or think about, um, is that the people that this medication is made for if there are any production delays, would have to deal with a shortage of medication that makes their quality of life possible. Um, I'm not, I don't want to get into specifics of like what illness it's for, but it's whatever it does, it mitigates symptoms of something that makes people's lives better. Yeah. Um, It has, it has a real tangible, like a real meaningful impact on people. And those people will like, suffer yeah. in a really powerful way if this yeah. if if, we're, if this production is halted where i don't think anyone would like immediately fall out and die but they would definitely be unhappy yeah 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 so we want to there's like our direct community but then also the people that this plant serves i think those are all of the questions i love it and so with that we're going to make our characters yeah so there are nine character types that are each types of succulents. 
there are three in the ash can, which is the PDF that you have, but you mm-hmm. also have the secret playtest Google Doc. So you can also pick one from there that's not in the ash can. And for character creation, you pick um, your genus, which is the type of plant that you are, and each one has three stats, heart, mind, and body, that range from minus one to three. And then um, each character type also comes with three traits, one of which is common amongst all the genera, as well as three prerequisites for growth moments, which is the kind of character advancement mechanic a handful of background questions, which are similar to the questions that we all just answered, that we just answered together, except you answer them individually, but you can ask other players for input. And then family questions, where that you kind of work through as a table to figure out your character's place in the family. I love it. Um, I know my, I know my, my type immediately. Okay, I've looked so. through, I've looked through the options and one of them, uh, I looked through the options. There were several that felt like uh, direct attack to, uh, attacks against me, and I didn't appreciate it. But um, <laughs> I found one that I feel really, I feel like I really like kept coming back to. I'm going to be playing a, a crassula plant, a crassula plant. Okay. Uh, also known as pygmy weeds, uh, crassula plants grow slowly and steadily over the years. I'm small and determined, often underestimated. My central conflict lies in letting go of the need to prove myself. That's a fun one. I'm really excited. I, 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 like I said, I kept coming back to it. Um, my traits are trouble seems hard to, or trouble seems to follow. Conflict pops up wherever I go. Once per session, when I encounter a foe, describe how you've best them in the past. What is their weakness? A way in. I'm light on my feet. Once per session, I can describe how I've accessed a location that I definitely am not supposed to be in. And talk it out, resolve conflict through a conversation rather than a die roll. Let the role play determine the outcome, whether it's good or bad. I like that you're playing that one especially because that one is not in the ash can. So if anyone listening wants to play this this genus, you gotta buy the game. You gotta buy the game. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play Sempervivum, which Sempervivum plants grow in clusters and keep their leaves year-round. They're adaptable and community-oriented. And my central conflict lies in maintaining my individuality as I go with the flow. And my traits are how we live now which means that my ability to take change in stride doesn't mean that I forget the past. Once per session, I can remember a time before I had something that I now take for granted. What elements of my previous life are useful in my current situation? I also have the trait, look for the helpers, which is that I help a lot of people without expecting anything in return. And once per session, I can declare how I've helped an NPC in the past and how my kindness has endeared them to me. And then I also have the talk it out trait, which we all have which is to resolve conflict through a conversation rather than a die roll and let the role play determine the outcome. All right. So let's go through our background questions. Um, would you like to answer your questions first or do you want a moment to think about it? Um, no, I can go ahead and do mine. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So the first questions are what's your name and who chose it for you? I think my name is Marissa. I think our mom chose it for me because when I first came out of the garden, I was very like passive and laid back and still kind of am, but I'm working on it. And I was very open to input because everything seemed very big and new and scary. And having a name seemed like one more annoying thing that I didn't want to have to deal with. And it was easier to let someone else do it for me. And then how old am I? I am 16 and a half, 
but I came out of the garden at around 13. What do I look like? Um, I, there is a, um, one of the pieces of character art that is on the game found page that is of a plant girl. It's for the Echeveria playbook and it's a plant girl in a pink shirt and overalls and her hair is like the Echeveria buds. I think like that, except my, my hair is a different kind of succulent. And then describe the last time someone refused your help. How did you feel about being turned down? I want to say that our newest sibling, not necessarily our youngest sibling, but our sibling who is the newest out of the garden, um, like me, asked for help choosing a name. I offered several suggestions, all of which were rejected because they didn't fit the vibe. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I understood. I, um, I understood why. I understood that they felt that my suggestions didn't match up with the truth of who they were, but I was also confused that they would come out of the garden and, you know, be born as, as a older child or teen, immediately having such a strong idea of who they weren't. Mm. Because that was not an experience that I shared. So I, I definitely tried to empathize, but I couldn't quite relate. And I would never show it, but it did hurt my feelings a bit. And then of the broader community, who are you the closest with? What are three facts about them? And what are three words that describe your relationship? My best friend at school is named Alex. And they had an internship at Edwood Pharma last summer. So they know a lot about... um like production there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's given them a significant leg up in honors chemistry. So I am making sure that Alex stays my lab partner. Um, I I guess that's two facts. The third is that Alex lives like around the corner from us. So like their house is the one behind our house Mm -hmm. and they um, can kind of see into our garden over their fence and sometimes I um, can like see them from my window and I wave and I think three words that describe our relationship are close because we're basically always together and hmm, intense again from always being together and I think needy Because I feel like I get a lot of value out of having someone who is so smart in ways that I am not. But also Alex gets like reciprocal value about having someone who is like laid back and does not always need to be in the spotlight. And we kind of mutually fulfill a need for each other. I love that. I really, really love that. Okay, I want to hear your background questions. All right. So uh, so my name – so what is your name and who chose it for you? My name is Big Tony. <laughs> uh, Big Tony, uh, my, uh, our mother chose the name Anthony for me. I think I asked for it and I got the name Anthony. And for much of – like for, for – I think that I chose the name Big Tony. 
as sort of like as sort of a, a growing into my own and, and sort of becoming my own person. Like, uh, but I but I keep I kept Tony very specifically because like I liked having that link to our mother. Okay. Um, I am. I think on the. I think on the younger side, I think that I've maybe just left the garden and I'm like 13 or 14. Okay. Um, I look tall and lanky, um, a little bit like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> animated or live action? Uh, animated. I think I'm a little bit of that like gangly beanpole. Okay. Um, uh, with like a slightly, slightly bad posture, but like. And that, that sort of tall where my posture is not great, but I'm still taller than a decent number of people <laughs> around me where you're like, oh, if you stand up straight, it's going to be very scary very quickly. Yes. And I'm going to take the last two questions a little bit out of order because they're a little bit intertwined for me. Okay. Uh, out of your broader community, who are you closest with? What are three facts about them? Um, uh, my best friend is Little Tony. Oh God! <laughs> um, and this and and uh, the first fact about Little Tony is the answer to the question: What was the last argument you got in, and did you win? Little Tony is that friend that that knows and loves that knows how that knows nothing better and loves nothing more than like pushing my one button to get me to rant, like. Is is that one friend and like and like the three words that would describe our friendship are like argumentative, like rivalry, in that like we are constantly like competing or arguing or like butting heads and then like deeply affectionate. Like it is this is our love language with one another. Oh, I love this. Is like is like that we are constantly in competition and like the last argument we got in, um the last argument we got in I was telling some friends about like a CD that I loved and they came in and were like, yeah, well, it's really, it's really just kind of derivative of this other album. <laughs> and it just like, and like the way that our arguments work, like we, I didn't win, but like he didn't either. We just kind of like argue until we forget what we were originally arguing about and move on to like whatever other like completely friendly like if you were not around us and not familiar with us like it would be the strangest thing in the world because we would be like mid-argument and then like something else would come up and we would just drop it and like it would like there would be no hard feelings no further discussion it would just be like you don't understand no 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 i hear what you're saying i just think that you're wrong i think <laughs> that you're oh it's lunch it's lunch okay yeah uh yeah do you want sand like are you doing sandwiches did you bring something do you want to trade like it's just <laughs> Like the way that like it is literally just filling air for us is is just like the nature of our relationship. In that case, it sounds like you both won because you both enjoy it. Yeah, it is. It's entirely like like we both just enjoy the the art. Like we both enjoy the argument and the debate because like it's one of those things that like I think that part of it is like we both know that like when we are going to have these debates, it's always related to like somebody being like, I really like this or like, I feel strongly about it. And it's just like, it's our way of getting to know each other and kind of like prodding at things that we like and beliefs that we have. And like, we, we don't think about it in those terms, but like in the years to come, we will kind of re remember it in the, in that sort of light. I love that. 
How do you want to handle family questions? Because it's just the two of us. Uh, do you want to answer both family questions or you just want to answer one of them? Let's just do one each, I think. Okay. So uh, go ahead and pick one of the questions. Uh, ask it to me and I will do the same. Okay. Um, well, I'll ask you this one. We used to have something in common, a shared hobby, a physical trait, or a piece of media we loved, but you've changed. What's new about you and why does it frustrate me? We used to, we used to be really, we both used to be into a really specific cartoon. Okay. And tying it back into, into, into my relationship with little Tony, like, I think like we had an argument and I kind of like have blown off that cartoon in like a way that like, in a way that like, it's like, I think that what frustrates you about it in particular is you can't tell, like, I'm, I'm very inscrutable about it. Like, you can't tell if it's that I decided I no longer like it. If I'm, like, playing up a thing to make my make me feel or look cool to my friend. If I've just, like, decided that I want to move on. Like, 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 what? And, like, the, 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 even whether or not it's that I don't like it anymore or I just am moving past it, like, also is very, like, it's hard to get a bead on, like, what it is. Because, like, when you bring it up or ask me about it, I kind of, like... But anyway, like, like, let's talk about this other thing instead. Yeah, and I feel like I keep asking you, do you want to watch it? And you're being, like, weirdly cagey, and I can't figure out what your deal is about it. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Where I think I'm like, if you don't want to, just tell me. And you're like, well, you know. Yeah, I'm not giving you a firm answer. Yeah. So what trouble did we get into when we went into town together last week? So, okay. I think we went to kind of like a a flea market or some kind of pop-up sale with our mom. And she had, it was like us and a couple of our younger siblings. And we asked if we could go off on our own and just like do something else. Because it's a pretty small town. Like all of the shops and stuff are on the same street. And I just wanted to, to go up the street to Java Hut, the coffee shop. And get like a mocha, and I was gonna get you a croissant, but you had a different idea. You wanted to go to Edgewood Academy and hop the fence to where the school bus is kept and see if you could get on the school bus and honk the horn. All you wanted was to honk the horn. Like, you weren't gonna hijack a school bus you just wanted to honk i wanted to honk a horn yeah and you did manage to jump the fence i could not physically stop you from doing this <laughs> um but what you did not anticipate is that there was a security guard in the bus lot and then you mm-hmm. had to run and i thought that it'd be less suspicious if i did not run i also cannot by any means, match your, like, stride length. So you would have, I would have gotten caught if I tried to run. Right. So I just uh, pretended I didn't know you and walked away very efficiently in the opposite direction. And then I went and got an ice mocha and circled back around to find our mom. And I did not get you a croissant because I was mad at you. <laughs> I th- I think I'm mad at you about the croissant, but I'm so impressed that you got away that, like, I have not mentioned it since then. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't see anything. I was just walking by. You know what? Respect. I look I 
You owe, you do owe me a croissant, though. <laughs> I'm sure we can do a scene where I get you a croissant. I would like I, I would like nothing more. Uh, which brings us to scenes. Or does it? I think we have we have more questions. There's oh, do so we have more questions? questions? Oh, we do have we do have more yeah, questions. Yeah, there's becoming a family questions, which we can skip. I feel like for just the two of us, we we know a lot about the world. Okay. I think now we can go into scenes. Okay. So uh, let's jump into some scenes. Um, talk us through how the setting scene process is going to look. Yeah. So most scenes in Plant Girl Game are addressed to answer a question where um, like we as players may know the answers to these questions, but our characters don't. And I okay. think that kind of dramatic irony can be really fun to role play. And what I usually recommend for the opening scene of the game is to um, to s- establish our kind of main plot and the status quo. So you want to set it in a familiar setting, like our home, our school, or our favorite place in town. And also we can introduce any NPCs that are our friends that are encountered in that location, because we just established some really sick NPCs. Mm-hmm. And then the questions that we want to answer in this scene would be things like, what are the impending disasters, causes, and potential effects? Where can we go to seek more information about the disaster or what do we need to learn before we can work to mitigate it? And how imminent is that disaster? How much time do we as characters have to take action? And we might know the answers to these things. Like we as we as players have established these answers, but our characters don't have that information yet. Right. So we're going to role play through it um, and kind of figure out how we want to tackle getting edgewood pharma to be better equipped for the upcoming storm okay all right so i have an immediate idea of where i think i want the first scene to be set where i think i want us to find out about this because i think like there's like the the natural place where i think you and i and probably alex and little tony would nat probably find ourselves on a given day that would be like a very natural place is in that is in the basement yeah Cause it's, it's, I mean, we are the, we, we are the cool hangout family. Like we have, we have the cool hangout spot. Yeah. We've got a really cool house. All the friends want to come hang out a really cool house. So I think that we, we open in the basement and I think like we hear over the sounds of the air hockey table and the, the pinball machine, we hear a little Tony and big Tony having like, one of their many arguments, and this one is just this one is specifically about. I think this one is about uh, is about like if foosball or air hockey are superior, and like with the with the added subtext of like why does it even matter? We don't have a foosball we, table. Foosball is not an option. Which, but we're still like we are like we are too deep in this shit to not know which is like to not to even consider that. But like that is. The argument that we are hearing, like, as we come into the scene. I think that Alex is, like, very invested in watching you guys argue. And I am in, like, a a very plush armchair that seats, like, one person maximally. Because there's just so much stuffing in this fucking chair. And Alex is, like, perched on the arm. And I'm trying to, like, recapture their attention because I need help with my chemistry homework. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But Alex is, like, watching the argument like a cat watching tennis on a TV. And I think um, as as we're having this moment, I think that, like, there is 
uh, a TV that like cuts to a report about uh, about a let's go with a tornado that's coming in. Okay. I think it's where, like like uh, like because the tornado warning like alert pops up on the TV and like they cut to the news. They cut to the newsroom to like tell us about and uh, I, 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 which of us which of us is which of us like gets the Tonys to shut up. It would feel out of character for me too, but I also would like to make myself the oldest teen in this room, mm-hmm. and I think that means that you listen to me. Yeah. And I also think I have this croissant that I'm using as leverage, where I am like, if you shut up and let me listen to this news report, I will go get you a croissant right now. And I think that the immediate response to that, it. I I don't know. I'm going to ask you have, have are you ha, does have you ever gotten used to how quickly to, little Tony and I will shut up when like our attention is just is brought somewhere else cuz I think no. the second you say it the second you say it like the argument is over. Like we like we had no investment. So it's just literally like okay. And I turn to Alex and I'm like, "Wow, that worked." <laughs> and then what do you think we see on the news? Is it like like immediate tornado sirens take cover now or is it like more of a we're expecting an unprecedented tornado season get a I, stock up on you know in your cellar i think it's a i think it's closer to the former but it's like it's a it's a warning so there's been a touchdown but i think there's been a touchdown like a county over okay it's hours it's it's hours not days as i think is how i would describe it like Got like it. they they expect it to blow over into our county in the next like 2 hours Okay. So I think that, I mean, we're already in the basement. So I feel like we personally might be in the safest place we can be in. But I also think that Marissa would be a bit worried about, or curious about rather, what safety precautions our mom has in place and might want to call her if she's still at work and just say like, you know, have you heard about this? Did you get an alert? Like, are you going to be okay? Are you coming home before, you know, before the storm comes through? Or like, what's what's your plan? What should we do? Um, and we just want to kind of get some information about what what this looks like or how this looks like it's going to play out. And I think, I feel like that's a good opportunity to get like an ominous, like to get the kind of answer that springs us into action a little bit. Yeah. I think that like, I think the answer we get is, um, I think our mom tells, like, tells us, like, hunker, you know, hunker down, just, just be safe, you're in the basement, there's no place better to go, but I think that she kind of maybe lets it slip that, like, there's been, like, an internal alert at Edgewood Pharma that is, you know, hunkered, like, everyone is hunkering down, like, they have kind of like locked themselves down, like the company, like the 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 building has locked itself down. Which, like we said, like that's the safest place in town, and like they've locked down for their employees, but like they've locked down, which means that nobody else is like getting in to the to the building, and like they have fully like locked out. Yeah, I think the other thing that I would ask, but I would try to. Um ask it in a way that doesn't really indicate that there's any like magic or anything going Mm -hmm. on because we have people that aren't our direct relatives present is I would ask 
you know, before the storm blows in, are there any precautions you need to take for the garden? Like, are there any plants that, that need to come inside or should I like try to put a tarp over it? I think the answer that we get is like, there is a little bit of a, like a tarp roof. There's like a, like a structure that like we can put up that will like shield from the wind. And there's a little bit of magic in place that will like, especially protect it, but it's not in place right now. And that feels like a good moment for our mom to kind of be like, oh yes, there is. Yes. Hold on. Um, 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 if you grab the, if you take the poles, you put them in the ground, you should already see the spikes. And she's like walking us through this process that she okay. has nev- just never fully explained to us before this exact moment. Oh, I love that. I love that we're, we're being put like in this res- position of responsibility too. Mm-hmm. Where like, she's locked down at work. We're about to lock down at home. Like, how do we, how do we like take this on? I think, um, Especially because it seems like this is going to be like a multiple person job to get this kind of like tent structure over the garden. And I want to do it before things get worse. I would want to prioritize doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, just in case. Well, because like within the within the, the lore of the game, you know, we might have more future siblings out there in the garden. Yeah. And I want to yeah. make sure that they're tucked in before the storm comes so i would definitely ask big tony and little tony and alex to probably help me get this like thing out of some kind of shed garage and like get it put up in the garden i I really like that i think that i i i i I do think that this is this is probably like knowing knowing tony and reading reading about my genus like this is or knowing Big Tony and reading about my genus, like this is probably a moment where Big Tony complicates the the situation. Ooh, what do you think Big Tony does? I think that he tries to do too much. Okay. I think that like I think I hear the I think I hear the stress in your voice and I hear the urgency and like you know, so like I I kind of spring into I spring into like I gotta get this set up. Like I gotta like if you're asking yeah. if you're asking for help, like you're asking for you're asking for my help and like because you and I are the two people that know the garden, I'm like, this is important and I gotta like really step up, but like I'm not particularly like strong or coordinated. So like I'm probably like complicating the actual building of the actual like structure. By virtue of like trying, like insisting, like I can do this myself. Like I'm, I'm kicking every step and being like, "Oh no, I got this, I got this." And like at, at moments <laughs> when I clearly do not have it. Do you think that you kind of get in the way? I think I end up getting a. I think I like I, I end up getting in the way a little bit by virtue of like trying to do things that I, I'm not equipped to do. Do you think that you trying to to take on more than you reasonably can? counts as an offer of help to me i think it does okay i'm going to become frustrated and lash out so that i can experience a growth moment great and i think i am very stressed because i of course am very like family oriented and i'm worried about you know if if there if there's if any of these plants are going to become sentient life forms and then turn into children um, someday down the line, they have to, we have to take good care of them so that they can do that and they can love us and be loved by us. 
And I think I try to correct you a couple times where I'm like, watch out, you're going to step on, you know, that Echeveria over there. Or like, you just put a stake straight through a Hoorthia. Like, Big Tony, what are you mm-hmm. doing? And I think after a couple times of me trying to correct you and being increasingly frustrated, I am like, Big Tony, hands off. I cannot work with you doing this. I need you to stop because you were always like this and it is so frustrating. And we need to get this done and you were not helping. I love it. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. And because I had a growth moment, let me go to the actual text and tell you what happens. I add a trait from a different genus to my character sheet. And it should be a trait from a genus that no one else in the group's playing. And because I just had a little bit of a bratty moment, I want to add a trait from um, Callum Kelly. Mm-hmm. I want to add, I, I think because me snapping just now came out of wanting to be a stronger leader, but being a bit misguided in how to do that. Or being misguided in how to manage an exuberant younger sibling who wants to do too much. And the trait that I want to take is a rallying cry. Um, because I think that might reflect some growth that feels good. in that That regard. feels good. Yeah. So the trait is, you know how to marshal the troops. Once per session, describe how you manage to gather all your siblings and any relevant NPCs in one location. What's the occasion? So I have, I mean, we'll, we'll have to roleplay it, but narratively, I learned something from this moment of snapping at Big Tony, and it's reflected mechanically in me get, gaining this trait that I can use in the future and reflect back on this moment and how I learned that. And I have an immediate proposal for, like, how that growth moment comes across. Okay. Because I, because I also have a growth moment that I would like to like to Ooh, activate yeah, here. Let's do it. Which is that I admit defeat. Like I think that when you snap at me, and I don't necessarily like do it graciously, but like I finally like I throw up my hands. I think I throw up my hands and I like. Well, I think I. I think this is a bit of a this is a bit of a difficult and a dramatic and maybe a painful moment. Like I leave. I think I throw up my hands. I'm like, I'm like, fine then. I can't do this. Like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, you figure it out. And I like walk out and I admit defeat. Um, and, but I think that like in that moment, you know, I think that, I think at the very least, little Tony like steps up and starts like grabbing poles to like help out as I walk out. And I am, I am taking a move from the Haworthia. Oh, okay. Um, which is go it alone. You know how to work in a team, but some things are best handled solo. Once per session, describe how you charge ahead of your siblings. Uh, maybe you get to a key location or catch a vital piece of information before anyone else can notice. I love that. I also think that, like, it's really atmospheric. Like, the sky is getting darker. Yeah. There's some distant thunder. And as you walk away, I say, but not really loud enough to call after you, but loud enough that little Tony and Alex here, I say, well, I didn't mean it like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when Alex and little Tony like step up and like start, like help you like assemble the rest of the, uh, the rest of the structure. Yeah. And I, I think I also kind of feel the need to explain myself without letting them in on the secret. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like, Sorry, guys, it's just our our mom can be really intense about the garden, and I want to make sure that we take good care of it. 
because it's it's really important to her and it's really important to all of us. And I I really didn't mean it to come across that way. Um, but but hopefully, I mean, we can be a good team. Let's we can work together and get this done. And I think that is kind of me implementing what I the lesson that I just learned about how to it. communicate what I need more graciously and give directions without getting so frustrated. And I, I, I think I, I think uh, like a, an adjacent scene, a sideways scene to getting the, the structure is like what I run into when I when I leave. Because this is, this allows us to introduce maybe maybe the other the other challenge that that we collectively tackle. Yeah. Uh, related to this, which is, um, I think there's a road closure, like a road closure that has been like implemented by Edgewood Pharma as they have like closed up shop, like they've closed up the building, and like people that had designated the that had designated Edgewood Pharma like headquarters as their like storm safe point. Oh no! Are being turned away, like f- for like like are being turned like can't get to the building that they were told to go to in the event of a of a of a like an emergency. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, do you do you think that you report back with that information, or do you think that I kind of go after you? I'm also assuming that because I am sixteen and a half, I have like a Nokia, and because you are thirteen, you might not have a phone. So you just left, and I have no way to reach you. See, I, I, I think, and this is this is what this is me immediately like clicking with a piece of the game. I think that I, I think that I'm going to use my new toy here. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. I think that I go it alone. I think that in going alone, like the the advantage that I get by being alone and scouting and effectively scouting ahead is like I see that like there are like. I almost see that there, like, that there are not, there's not time to, like, go and gather people, and, like, I'm like, okay, no, like, this is a, this is a, this is a now emergency, and maybe the thing, the, 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 the advantage that I get is knowing that the storm is closer than we think, and I'm like, okay, then we gotta, we gotta go, however, luckily, I also know that we're pretty close to the school, yes. and I know that those buses, like, they're open if we want to grab a bus, either to hide in a bus or to like bring us back to the house, because I know that we've got some space in the basement still. Yeah. So you're headed up towards the school. Yeah, I think that I'm like guy like walking with these people or like running with these people from like from like side of the house to side of the house, like running towards the school so that we can grab this bus to like get back. Okay. Or like or like or get inside the school as like a safe spot. Yeah. And I think that when once we get the garden covered up and we go back inside, I'm like a little bit freaking out because you are my responsibility and I don't know where you went. And I think I I definitely ask Alex and little Tony, like, do you need to call your parents? Do you need to go home? Do you is this do you want to like stick with me? Because I'm going to find my brother. But you can stay in the basement or I can, you can, I can drive. Probably you're 16 and a half. That feels like, that feels like the age when you've started to learn to drive. Yeah. So I'm like, I can, I can give you a ride home or you can take my bike or you can stick with me, but whatever you guys want to do, I got to go find big Tony. How does Alex respond? Cause I know how big Tony or I know how little Tony responds immediately. I think 
that because Alex and I are so codependent, Alex, like, is an only child, but sees you as, like, the closest thing they've got to a sibling. I like that, So yep. Alex is also, like, panicking that you just walked out into a tornado warning. And I think little Tony, like responds very specifically by being like yeah i'm going with you we're not done our we're not we're not done with this we're not done with this conversation about uh about foosball he's got to acknowledge that foosball is the superior game we're gonna go find him and we're gonna have the end of this argument so i want to hug little tony and say if you find my brother i will buy you a foosball table and he's i'm gonna hold you to that okay i don't think i can afford a foosball table but like out of character i'll make it work all right, we'll figure it out. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think collectively between the two of us, we'll figure out where a foosball table comes from. Yeah. Um, I, I think that using what – I'm going to use another one of my my traits here. Okay. I think that like – I think I can't – like I'm light on my feet. I can get I can get to a location that I'm definitely not supposed to be in. I think like I'm able to like run with this – I'm picturing like a family. So like four or okay. five people, like a family that was trying – that was like told go to the building and now they're being told it's not there. And I'm like, okay, but the school is nearby. It's – we can get in. I maybe lie to them and say that it's open. And like uh, I open it because I get to the other side of the fence and like uh like open it from the other side by oh like lifting God. the latch. <laughs> I mean, we know you've hopped this fence before. You can definitely hop this fence again. Yeah. Okay. So you have gotten into the school. I think we're in the school parking lot, but I think the doors of the school are still locked. Yeah, probably. I'm trying to see, do I have any traits that I want to cash in on right now? Um, hmm. I think, well, I don't really have to, like, endear... Alex or little Tony to me. They're both sticking yeah. with me to find you. But I do think that when when we go when we walk out, I think I like ask little Tony like if he has any suspicion of which direction you went. And I think like knowing you and knowing your propensity for getting into places that you aren't supposed to go. Uh-huh. He sees that this road at the end of our block is closed and is like that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that I am not one to like sneak onto this closed street. <laughs> so seeing the road closure, I like very casually try to walk with Alex and little Tony past like whoever's directing traffic. And if they're like, hey, you aren't supposed to be here. I want to use my look for the helpers trait and say yep. that whoever's directing traffic is someone that I've helped in the past sure, and is, I love willing that. To, is willing to let me slide. I think maybe it's like, I want, I don't know how useful it is to get into specifics, but someone that I've, that I've helped out in the past, maybe like, maybe when I went to the coffee shop and I got my mocha after you broke into the bus yard, um, they were like, a dollar short on their order yeah, and they were getting that. drinks for like a bunch of people and the person working the register was being like a real asshole about it and i like spotted them the difference i love that i really really love that that's fantastic so and i i want to throw in also that i ask i i just ask like have you seen a kid about yay high taller than me you've got to do i think you got to do a little jump 
<laughs> I can't about yay high and I'm like jumping. Um, cannot, now, now I'm, you're very tall and I'm very short and this is canon now. Um, I'm like four eight. Um, have you seen a kid about yay high looks like Shaggy? Um, probably doing something he shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, I think that she, she pops up immediately with, oh, the tall, yeah, the tall kid. Um, so yeah, there was a bunch of, there was a bunch, there was a bunch of people here. There was a little crowd of people and, uh, he showed up, he yelled something about school and they ran off. They ran off that way. The school. Okay. So now we are going to the school. I don't want to go to school. It's a Saturday. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I I like to think that while I'm having a conversation with whoever is directing traffic, I also get a bit of intel that you already had in character mm-hmm. where I kind of get caught up to you on like, I think these so. are people that were told to go to Edgewood Pharma to shelter from the storm. But I now think, they're being told that the road is closed. Yeah, I think that like I think that like you get like when you try to cross the closed street, like the 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 person who's probably like a uh, probably like a security guard for Edgewood Pharma, like gives yeah. you the gives you the four one one and is like, sorry, roads closed. Like we're locking down the building. Like you're gonna have to find a different way. And that's how you kind of find out. And, like, I think that you've got enough info that you can just kind of make that connection of, oh, if that if, if there was, like, a group of people here that were also doing that there, that's probably what they were doing. So now I'm caught up that there are people with no place to go, and my heroic and stupid little brother is taking them to the school. So I'm going to also go to the school. I love it. I and- think as we, like, hustle to the school, I'm, like, texting our mom, like... If we're not home, don't worry, we're safe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I think that the final obstacle uh, in the final obstacle, and I think this, like, I think that you probably get here during this argument, because I think this is a good moment for, for you and the others to show up, is like there is a sec- like like the, the school security guard, the, the same one that like I ran from. Oh, my God. <laughs> is like not letting us in the building. <laughs> Oh my god. And is like um, standing in front like you can't come in. Like you were just here you were just here two days ago. You're trying to cause mischief. Like you're like, oh you're 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 spinning a story, you see a tornado and you're spinning a story so you can come in and make mischief. Okay. I think I I roll up, get a feel for what's going on, and I am like trying to channel our mom and how she can be very like stern and mm-hmm. dead-eyed and intimidating the people but she can also have like a kindness underneath that and i am like short of edgewood pharma this building is one of the safest in town there's a huge storm coming we all know that you can see that you can see that this is happening now it is no longer like on the horizon it is like happening and there are people that need a safe place to go because they've locked down the road that we've said with Pharma. People are being turned away right now from where they were told to shelter from the storm. And what we're trying to do is just make sure that they have somewhere to go because these are people that might not have, you know, a designated safe place in their homes. We're not trying to get into any trouble. We're just trying to maybe, maybe like put people in the school basement. We probably like, mm-hmm like a locker room under the field situation trying to to get people like below ground level where they can be safe because the storm is going to be huge and it's going to to 
be devastating and it's the right thing to do to try to minimize who's impacted by that right okay yeah i have i have i i i, I have i know i know the, the final moment that i want to throw to before we go into the basement is the tornado hits okay um i think that your words work i think that they i think that they work and i think they work they, they it's a it's a it's a yes but that i want big tony to build off of okay let's do it um i think that the yes but is like is is he agrees to let us in right like he agrees to let the five this five person family and the five of us like into the locker room and like he's like we'll make an exception you're here you need to take shelter like come in and i think there is like a clear moment where like tony like looks around and is like and like sees like another family like coming right like and is like he's going to turn he's going to turn them away oh no and uh the reason that i say that is cuz like i think this is this is a good close this is a good final growth moment for tony oh i'm ready okay because there's a, a a growth moment when you ask an authority figure for help and i think mm-hmm. like i think i think to- big tony has this genuine appeal of like no, we we it can't just be us. Like we really like we really gotta like make like we gotta open this up. Like I know you're gonna get in trouble. Like I know you're not supposed to let people in, but like this is a moment for this is a moment when we can this is a moment when people need our help and we collectively have to like we need to do that. And I think that between your words and Big Tony's words and Big Tony like showing that compassion as opposed to just like mucking about at the school parking lot i think that like <laughs> i think that that lands Ooh, yeah oh that's hard hitting i love that uh that feels good i think that's i think that 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 feels like a good beat of like the doors open some people are let in and like the disaster is going to hit but that feels like a good like shot of just like us all crowded together in the gymnasium yeah we're like, and, there's still going to be the tornado, but we've got a safe place. And yeah. The stuff that we established that's happening at Edgewood where they need, like, auxiliary power and stuff. We've got our mom. Yeah. Daisy ex machina. Figuring that out at the pharmaceutical plant. And so I feel like that's a good, like, I think I think that, like, we pan out just, like, on, like, people getting let in and like when the tornado like fully touches down and like it is it is a big honking tornado we just get the shots of like the two of us standing together like huddling together and you know alex and little tony are there and these families that like thought they had a place to go but then were kind of turned away like this is a moment of of perseverance that like whatever comes next like people stood together when it mattered that is so sweet, and I definitely have to figure out how to get Little Tony a foosball table. <laughs> that feels like a good next challenge. <laughs> uh, and I think that, like, as we like we we see the the dust settling on the tornado, and you know, we we look out over the damage. I think that is where we leave it. Uh, that is where we leave it, and that's where we call it as game. I want to say that even if structures in town have been damaged or destroyed. The cacophony is still there. I think so. I think it absolutely is. I think okay. that. I think that. Uh, uh, and I think that's part of the mystery. The mystique of the cacophony is like it is undestroyable. Yes. 
And I feel good leaving it there. <laughs> it's preternaturally lucky, right? Mm-hmm. That feels good. Ah, uh, thank you so much for coming on and playing this with me. This put the biggest smile on my face. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I am beaming. This game is wonderful. I am overjoyed that I got to play it. Uh, so real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you, your work, and the, the game's crowdfund online? Yeah, so Flying Girl Game is crowdfunding on GameFound right now, as of when this episode airs. Um, you can find that link in the show notes. It'll also be pinned on my Twitter, which is Dom S. Dickey. I've also got a couple other games out. There's Trial, which is a narrative exploration of race in the criminal justice system, which you could find at domsdickey.itch.io. There is also Tomorrow on Revelation 3, which is an RPG that I co-wrote with CJ Linton about community building and perseverance on a hyper-capitalist space station. You can find that at nearfutures.itch.io. You can also just find all of my general fiction exploits, as well as things that I do that are not strictly RPGs, at dominiquedickey.com. I will briefly say before I call for the wrap-up, because one of the joys of getting to host this show is I get to say these things on mic, uh, Trial is astounding. Oh my it goodness, is, thank you so much. Uh, legitimately breathtaking. Uh, the first time I read, like... I'm going to stop myself from gushing anymore other than just to say, like, uh, if you have not if you listen to this have not like read trial, you should go pick that up immediately because it is a it is a truly wonderful and powerful game. That means so much to me. And I will also say that um, if there is enough interest, I've been batting around the idea of doing a print expansion of trial. So. If people want to see that, you, the best way to let me know that you want that is to support the game on itch. Well, I good good duly noted. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was amazing. Uh, and for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up the show. Go future, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, Dominique. It always puts the biggest smile on my face when the guest does that bit. Like it, it just it makes me happy. It is. I've been doing that bit for a very long time and like nothing makes me happier than when the guest throws it over to me. It just, it, it means a lot. It makes me happy. And also speaking of things that make me happy, that game was absolutely beautiful. It was, it was healing. It was needed. I, I feel just so overjoyed that we got to play it. It, I, I really hope that if you're listening to this, you go and back the game on GameFound and make it a reality. Cause like this game rips, it makes me so happy and I, I, I really want to play it more. I want it to be a thing. Uh, so go check a link in the show notes, back the game on GameFound, Plant Girl Game. It's real good and real special. And also, like I said earlier, go check out Dominique's other games. Trial is one of the legitimately finest games I've ever read. Like, it it hit me. It hit me in the heart, and it, it's powerful, and it packs a punch. And I think that you owe it to yourself to read it because it's just that freaking good. And then, of course, you can find Dominique on Twitter at Dom S. Dickey. Then while you're on Twitter, find us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. You can also join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. And if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review or a Podchaser review, Spotify review, a Podbean review. They all have reviews. Just leave a review somewhere. I'll eventually find it. Uh, you can also tell a friend about the show. You can also share some love on social media, or you can support the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer or ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer. Or lastly, you can head to bit.ly slash party of one merch and pick up a party of one t-shirt. It looks cool. It's nice. It's soft. It's comfy. And I think you're going to love it. 
Then after you've done all of those things, if you're still like, I wish I had another podcast to listen to, check out All My Fantasy Children. It is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network in which my best friend, Aaron Catano Saez, uh, and I take a listener-submitted prompt, and we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every eh, Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming onto the show as a guest or about press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I want to say that's all we do here, so until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. 